It is episode 102 of Decoding Fox News, and I'm your host, Juliette Jeske. Each week, I watch and analyze a whole heck of a lot of Fox News and then break it down. This past week, it was 21 hours. <laughs> Help me. Of Fox News. So let's get into it. <laughs> it's because it's called having a primary on a Saturday. That completely messed me up. That's why this is a day late, folks. So sorry about that. Fox News, the South Carolina primary, a Trump town hall, and the migrant invasion. So I'm going to do a quick trigger warning because I know how people feel about this man's voice. But I thought I did a pretty good job of condensing what was a town hall that took up pretty much 40 minutes down to two minutes. And I'm calling this edit the stupid edit because I went through this thing more than once. And this is just what I feel were the dumbest moments of the Trump town hall, which was on the Ingram angle condensed to two minutes. People said that I'm not sure. I, I just think they maybe are just mixed up or confused. They come out with uh, faucets where no water comes out. You know, if you go and buy a home, and they know what I mean, the showers, you stand under a shower and there's no water coming, and you're saying, you're, you end up standing there five times longer. But they say Joe Biden, there's no evidence that Joe Biden received any financial benefit personally. And to that, you say? Well, he's got a lot of houses all over the place, and he's never been paid more than about $179,000, I guess, is the top. It's a new it's a new category. I don't know if you've heard this, but I came up with this one, migrant crime. There's crime, there's violent crime, there's migrant crime. We have a new category of crime. It's called migrant crime. We have people coming in from everywhere. They're coming in from the Congo. They interviewed some people last night. Where are you from, Congo? Where did you live? Prison. If you have mail-in voting, you automatically have fraud. Uh, we are turning into a communist country in many ways. How will you put up that kind of money? Because you have a bond to put up. Even if, if you appeal, you've got to put up escrow money. That's uh, it's a lot it of dough. It is a, lot a of form of Navalny. It is a form of uh, communism or fascism. Uh, the guy's a nut job. Hillary took a lot and Bill took a lot. Bill took him out of his socks. They call it the socks case, which he won with a very tough judge, which he won, because I think we'd do very well in California, but not when they send out 36 or 38 million But there's real... New York, New Jersey. Right. Uh, New Jersey, very strong, a great Trump state. Uh, I think we have a chance. If you win any of them, you automatically win the election. I mean, you'd win. Virginia's another one. Uh, New Mexico, we did great in New Me Mexico. I think we have a really shot, good shot there. You know, Colorado is very interesting because of all this mess where you had this group of people trying to take somebody out of the ballot. Pray regularly. I pray. Yeah. I pray. What? We have a nuclear weapon that if you hit New York, uh, South Carolina is going to be gone, too. And you're going to be proud of it again. We're going to take the graffiti off the beautiful marble columns. Awful. The swastikas off the columns. Yes, that edit was incredibly stupid, but the entire town hall was incredibly stupid. I could see where the producers had cut him off and edited him to shut him up. I saw where it was very obvious that that somebody after the fact had cut things out. Um, he in that brief two minutes, he's 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 rambling on about water pressure and. And then he claims he invented crime by saying there's crime and then there's violent crime and there's migrant crime. I came up with that. What are you talking about? 
What is just crime? Do you mean property crime? What are you talking about? Then he's then he actually believes he's so out of his mind that he could win California, New York, New Jersey, New Mexico, or Colorado, all of which are blue states. Why don't you just throw in Illinois and Maryland? Why not? Vermont. Go for it, buddy. Say you're going to win Vermont. Say you're going to win Maryland and Illinois, some of the bluest states in the country. Then he goes on about, I, I talked to this guy. He says, I'm from the Congo. I like prison. What are you, again, there's actually more than one country with Congo in the name, but we're, I'm not going to waste my time on that one. Then he says mail-in voting is fraud. And he talks about communism, swastikas on marble columns at the Capitol. There are no swastikas on marble columns at the Capitol. Stop it. If there was, it was there briefly, and then they, it was removed immediately. Uh, then he says, then then he's sniffing like crazy. Then he claims Biden is rich. Biden is, Biden made most of his wealth. Now, number one, about that, Biden released all of his tax returns, every single one. And it's well documented that when he was no longer vice president, when he was semi-retired, uh, he made a lot of money with a book deal and speaking engagements. He made millions of dollars. There you go. There you have it. And also vice presidents are paid more than senators because he brought up uh, Biden's salary as a senator and he got it wrong. And nobody corrects him because nobody cares. He just says whatever the heck he wants. I, I cannot. I cannot with this man. And then finally, the last one, which was completely wacko, was he's like, you know, we've got nukes that if you nuke New York City, you take out South Carolina. I'm like, okay, buddy, so are you saying that we, the United States, have nukes pointed at our own cities? Is that what you're saying? Because that's kind of what you said. You did say that, sir. You did say that. Sir, sir. I'm sorry. I'm kind of going into a thing here. But I've, I've had to sit through when I make those annotated edits that I didn't make one for the town hall because I just had no time this week. I was just desperately trying to catch up with everything because it was too much with the um, – primary happening on a weekend and then the town hall happening on a Tuesday and then the week before was st I was still overburdened from that crazy news dump on Friday so it's just been rough it's been rough I'm holding on for dear life but yeah it, when I he his train of thought just jumps all over the place when he talks and 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 I, I I'm still baffled that anyone finds this man thinks this man's intelligent thinks that there's anything going on other than a giant ego um George Conway puts it best when he basically calls him just a pathological narcissist. And I'm like, yes, yes, he, a narcissist and a sociopath. And I would agree. I would agree. It's very – I mentioned George Conway because my mother, I found out – this is just a silly an anecdote – that my mother is a huge fan of George Conway. <laughs> and I'm like, really? <laughs> you know he used to be a Republican, or he still is a Republican. I'm not sure. I don't know what his status is. But – that he used to be like crazy conservative. And she's like, I just, Julie, I just love how he goes off about Trump. He goes off about Trump. And I just love it. I just love watching it because, you know, we need more, we need more people. We need more people to just not hold back, to just go, this guy is out of control. So that's my mom. She's got a very thick St. Louis accent. Julie, Julie. That's how she says my name. My name's Juliet. It's on my birth certificate, but they don't call me that. They're getting a little bit better. Only, I, you know, I took back the T 
stop going, you know, they called me Julie. I said, you know what? My, my name's Juliet. It's on my birth certificate. There's too many Julies. I'm going by Juliet, the name you actually named me in the eighth grade. They still struggle. I was like, what, 13? They're still struggling with that, my, my family. Anyway, moving on. So Fox News, that was, ugh, Trump gets me so, I can't, it can't. But Fox News celebrated Donald J. Trump's victory in the South Carolina primary as it fueled fears of an invasion of violent criminals from unstable and dangerous nations streaming across the U.S. southern border. The network seems to flourish in the twisted combination of expressing joy about Trump and the MAGA movement while filling its viewers' heads with fear, paranoia, and dread. Everything is wonderful while everything is terrible. The solution to every problem is the loudmouth man with a spray tan who will conquer the world by being the ultimate victim. That is Trump. Anyone getting their news exclusively from Fox News last week might have missed out on several updates in the Israel-Hamas war, possible war crimes in Sudan, and a New York civil case that found the NRA mishandled millions of dollars in funds. Shows I covered on Fox News last week were Fox and Friends, The Five, The Ingram Angle, Fox and Friends Weekend, All Four Hours, and the South Carolina Primary Special. That's what messed me up. It was all that extra stuff. So, um, and I did a podcast about just the South Carolina primary. So this is a clip that I caught uh, going through the town hall a second time. And I'm very glad that I did because this is a gem. This is very brief, very, very short clip, but it is Laura Ingram sort of cutting Trump off. And you'll see why. Within a swamp, I'll tell you what, I've... I did great in the first election. I did much better in the second. We have interesting news you. coming out of New York, by the way, the New York poll that Good. just came out. So I'm going to read the exact transcript of this is what he said. He said, we're in a swamp. I'll tell you what. I've I did great in the first election. I did much better in the second. And then she jumps on his words and says, we have interesting news coming out of New York, by the way, the New York poll that just came out. As a way to kind of go, ooh, people like you in New York. Shut up, you idiot. Um, so it appeared that she was playing to his vanity there by distracting him with a favorable poll. I suspect she was told by Fox News executives to steer Trump away from talking about fraud in the 2020 presidential election. In April 2023, Fox News settled with Dominion Voting Systems for $787.5 million in a defamation suit the company filed against the network for promoting false stories about its role in the 2020 election. According to court documents related to the lawsuit, Fox News executives and on-air talent admitted under oath that they didn't believe several guests' claims about the 2020 election, but promoted them anyway for the sake of ratings. The network is still staring down the barrel of an even larger defamation suit from Smartmatic, another voting systems company. Smartmatic is suing Fox News for $2.7 billion, while Fox has filed a countersuit against the company, saying it intended to suppress free speech. Whoo, that was crazy. So, yeah, um, I think Fox is, because there have been a few incidents lately in the past several months where Fox, it's only a handful, but they've shown uh, a rally or speech of Trump and Fox News, Fox freaking news has cut into his speeches and said there was no fraud in the 2020 election. And they're doing that because they're being, you know, 
$2.7 million, billion, billion dollars. And apparently, according to some legal experts, Smartmatic has a better case than Dominion did. But, well, you know, I'm not an expert. I'm not going to. That's another podcast. So we're going to move on. I had fun making this one. Um, I called it the meet the Trump cult because they're kind of uh, Fox News loves a diner. And I've discussed this before, but Fox News loves sending their correspondence into a diner with a microphone to talk to quote unquote real Americans. And in this case, it was Ansley Einhart in Columbia, South Carolina, where she is from. She's from that area, at least. Her father was in the diner with his old friends, and she was like, I grew up with these folks. And Ansley Einhart was born to do morning television. You know, when she was placed in the crib at the hospital after her birth, it was like a magical fairy descended from heaven and, and you know, took, took their wand and just went, ding, you will be a morning news correspondent. You know, like Sleeping Beauty, like, bing. Because if you watch her at all, she's like, she is the epitome of morning television. Just full of joy and full of hope and just like, y'all. I mean, that's Ansley Einhardt. So picture this. There's this large, kind of oddly shaped diner. There's two main rooms. It looks very southern in that it's not retro. It's very kind of country looking. The, the it, Very plain, just normal tables. People sitting at them, completely packed. Nearly everyone is white. Nearly everyone is senior aged. You know, and it's just, they're all pushing the boundaries of the flag code, you know, with red, white, and blue, everything, patriotic, uh, you know, tchotchkes, scarves, hats, a lot of red caps. And then there's this comical thing of Ansley Einhart walking up to people wearing a MAGA hat or wearing a hat that says Trump across it going, who y'all going to vote for? You know, yeah, that's great. That's brilliant. And they're you know, just anyway, so I'm going to play this clip. This is sort of a little montage that I made up. This is over four hours from Saturday, because if you want to drive yourself mad, watch four hours of Fox and Friends weekend, which I did. And this is over the course of that time. Talking to voters at Lizard's Thicket in Columbia, South Carolina, ahead of today's primary. Ainsley. This is definitely Trump country. How many of y'all are for Trump? How many of y'all are for Nikki Haley? We have a few. We have a few. I love it, Trump. It's Trump, yeah. Because it's close to your name? Yeah. <laughs> now, he's a businessman. He makes decisions. He signs the front of the check. And so he knows how to run a business, and this, this country needs... How about what's uh, happening to him? They're trying to charge him, you know, it, it, it's $500 million. It's, ob it's obscene. I mean, it's it jealousy. Yeah. I'm voting for Donald J. Trump, because I'm just... I, I, I love Trump. You do. All right. Thank you so much. Thanks for coming from Saluda. Tell me your name. Patricia Jordan Rucker, and I'm from Lexington, South Carolina, voting for Donald Trump, and we need everybody to rally to get him some money for those lawsuits. It's just, you know, I, I, yeah, you know, save your money, scrape what you've got left over after you go to the store to buy $10 eggs that are really $2. But, you know, on, on Fox, they'll call them $10 eggs. Scrape what you have left and send your money to a billionaire. Do it right now. We're going to keep going. Oh, Donald Trump. Donald Trump. Absolutely. Donald, Donald, Donald Trump. Trump. Donald, of course. Yeah, what, <laughs> what do you like most about him? He's pro-America, um, God, family, country. He's a good man, and we need to bring him back immediately. 
So I included that clip because it sort of summarizes like what the Democrats are up against when you say, why do you like Trump? And someone with a straight face with all earnesty just says, God, family, country, a man who's, uh, you know, jury found was liable for the sexual assault of a woman, had an affair with a porn star, paid her $130 to shut up about it, has divorced twice, cheated on both all three of his wives. And you're, and you're like, you know, there's all this financial problems, lies like crazy, God, family, country. Okay, the next, this is a group of small children that Ann Hart is talking to. Y'all to wave and say hey to Rachel and Pete and to Will. Look how cute they are. Do you have a message? Hello. Hey, guys. Uh, yeah, uh, Donald Trump. I, like, I like Donald Trump. Why do you like him? Uh, because he, <laughs> he does whatever he says he's going to do. Okay, thank you. Good there job. There you go. Y'all are famous now. You're on national television. So those voices that you heard laughing over that poor small child who's been indoctrinated a little bit there. Um, he, he looked about eight or nine years old, a little cute blonde boy. Uh, the the kid, the people laughing over him were the cast of Fox and Friends Weekend who were in a studio somewhere in South Carolina. They never said where, but it was um, Rachel Campos Duffy, Pete Hegseth, and Will Kane. And I found their reaction very odd because this kid is wearing a Trump hat. He's surrounded in a diner full of Trump supporters. And he says, I like Trump. And they just go, ha, ha. <laughs> and the sound person didn't turn them down because it was sort of like you're now we can't hear the kid so this next clip did gangbusters on social media which kind of surprised me it always kind of surprised me i never know sometimes i think a clip's going to be really big and i'll spend a lot of time on it and it's you know it does okay this one i was like well i should clip that because that's funny and it was like whoa so i'll describe this ansley Einhart goes up to a table there is a young man. He does not look 30. I would say he's under 25. He looks very, very young. He's got like a neatly uh, trimmed beard. He's wearing a Trump hat. It's not a MAGA hat, but it's a red hat and it says Trump on it. Um, you know, he's preppy, whatever. He's a white guy. He's sitting at this table. He's got two guys behind him in a booth who he refers to. And I'll just let the clip speak for itself. Okay, and how about you, sir? You love Trump. Uh, yes, ma'am. I'm John Allen, the third vice chair for the Lexington County Republican Party with uh, Chairman Mark Weber and our first vice chair. We were actually the first county in all of South Carolina to endorse President Trump before the primary, which no one else did. But uh, my biggest issue is I don't think communism is coming to this country. I think we're living in a communist state, and Donald Trump is the only pre candidate and president who can take this country back. It's terrifying to me as a young voter because I'm thinking about my future and my kids' futures. We need someone who's going to get us back on track and Donald Trump is the only candidate who can do that. So I left in the edit there how he describes that he's like the third vice chair of a chapter of the Republican Party of Lexicon um, County, South Carolina. I purposely left that in there to just show that this is someone who thinks he's very serious when he says that we're living in a communist state. So I guess we had a revolution and nobody noticed it. It was bloodless. It was uh, subtle. Uh, you know, just suddenly our entire economic system, the largest free market economy in the world, the free market economy that in many ways props up the entire world's economy through the sale of our U.S. treasuries and and other, you know, financial mechanisms such as the U.S. dollar being used for about 90 percent of all global transactions has turned communist without anyone noticing. So if you have any um, shares or investments in the stock market, you might want to look into that because I, I, I don't know how that's possible that that's still going strong 
with a communist system, but okay, here we go. You know, your IRAs, your 401ks, all gone, all gone. But anyway, you know, no big deal. We haven't noticed. It hasn't happened. Anyway, so here's, I had some fun with this. I tried to look this up on the Oxford English Dictionary and to get the longer, which is what I wanted. I wanted the, the longest definition possible. I had to become a, like a paid subscriber to the OED, at least it's on the website I found. And I was like, oh, la-di-da, OED. I'm going to Merriam-Webster, which is, you know, the if you're a, a dictionary snob, the lesser of the... <laughs> I can't get into why I know how dictionary snobs work, but it doesn't matter. So here we go. Here's the longest... Um, here's the longest definition I could find. And I'm reading the whole thing because I think this is funny. So A, this is definition number one. A system in which goods are owned in common and are available to all as needed. It's definitely the United States. Okay. B, a theory advocating elimination of private property. Okay. Second definition. A doctrine based on revolutionary Marxian socialism and Marxism-Leninism that was the official ideology of the Soviet Union. A totalitarian system of government in which a single authoritarian party controls state-owned means of production. A final stage of society in Marxist theory in which the state has withered away and economic goods are distributed equitably. So I think it's fair to say that Mr. Allen, the young man in that clip, does not know the correct definition of the word communism. <laughs> I also find that definition kind of funny, and this is why I want to include the longest version of it, because that last sentence is hilarious, because I went to the Soviet Union in 1990 as a student, um, and this line just made me giggle. A final stage in Marxist theory in which the state has withered away and economic goods are distributed equitably. In practice, in the Soviet Union, uh, the state did not wither away. It got stronger and stronger and more controlling as communism uh, got older. And economic goods were not distributed equitably because party members throughout the entire system were grifting and stealing and skimming to you know, protect themselves or make more money or help their own families or friends. And this happened throughout the system to the point that there was nothing left often. Um, you know, If you had 10 bags of flour that were supposed to go to 10 towns, by the time they got to the fourth town, there was nothing left because people were just taking extra throughout the whole chain of command there. So, and I would also like to point out that Alan was sitting when he said this in a privately held business at a time that he made his remark to a journalist on national television. Most communist governments aren't big on private property ownership of free press or public dissent. In most cases, when the term communist, Marxist, Stalinist, or socialist is used in right-wing media, it's just a, like a boogeyman word. They just throw it out there. It makes no, it doesn't make any sense in the context in which it is used. It's just become, I don't like this. Therefore, it's communist or, you know, they would use it a lot about censorship or what they call censorship, where somebody posts some, you know, horrible Nazi stuff on Twitter. Twitter takes it down and they'll say, ah, we're living in a communist state. They also and Trump does this like crazy uh, blend fascism in with communism, which is hilarious because they're two complete polar opposites of each other in terms of how a governing 
body is supposed to work. A total polar opposites. Uh, but I, I can't waste too much time on this. It's just, that was so funny to me. This next clip is Ansley Einhart doing a classic right-wing normal Americans little speech here. People in South Carolina are telling me it depends on the neighborhood. If you go into some of the rural areas, they like Trump. You'll see all the Trump signs in their yard. If you go into some of uh, the rural, um, the um, more of the city areas where um, you do have the college-educated individuals, you have um, people with larger houses, they have Nikki Haley signs in front of them. But we have a lot of blue-collar workers in South Carolina. South Carolinians just love that state, and they go to church on Sunday. They are happy just putting food on their table, saying their blessing with their kids, putting their kids to bed and giving them a normal life, just a regular life. Not a ton, a ton of wealth so in true. South Carolina. So, um, you know, they love Trump down there. They like what he stands for. And South Carolinians, they love to hunt. They love to fish. They love church. And they like Donald Trump. They like Nikki Haley. She was she was our governor. Twice. And, uh, right. And, and they do like her. They like Tim Scott. But they just love how Trump is so strong. We're going to have. I always find it funny when they say Trump is, you know, quote unquote, strong, because I'm like, this is a man who's constantly claiming he's a victim. Con I mean, just he breathes like, poor me. Look, they, they've persecuted me from the day I came down the escalator. They wanted me out. You know, I'm just like, what? Constant victim, 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 victim. Give me money, give me money, give me money. I'm strong. Because he insults people. He just makes stuff up out of whole cloth. Anyway, hmm, these are my favorite things to to um, uh, research. By the way, so that that's your classic. What Ansley Inhart just did there is your classic, like normal America, real America, just being a simple, regular life. What does that mean? So, according to the U.S. Census, about eighty percent of Americans live in or near an urban area in the United States, and twenty-three point five percent have at least a bachelor's degree. I added that because she mentioned education, and you know, educated people like Nikki Haley. The Pew Research Center found that nearly one-third of Americans don't identify as religious, while the number of adults under fifty who do not plan to have children has also risen to 44%. According to a study by North Carolina State in 2021, only about, this one just cracked me up, 11.5 million or 4% of Americans actively participated in hunting as a hobby. <laughs> what? I was even shocked by that. Apparently a lot of people take out hunting licenses, but they don't use them. And this study actually looked at do you actually really hunt or do you just say that you hunt? Um, my father would never hunt because he was from St. Louis City. He was a city kid. He grew up in the city. He played sports. That's all he had interest in, sports and politics. He had zero interest in hunting. He would sometimes fish, but like I was not a common occurrence. Uh, so the normal American Earnhardt describes there is far less common than she might realize. So... Uh, before I get into this next one, it's a little bit of a journey. I'm going to give a shout out to my sponsor, and that sponsor would be the listeners of this podcast and the readers of my newsletter, which can be found at Substack for Decoding Fox News. You can also go to my Patreon and become a paid supporter at Patreon for a number of different uh, I kind of I kind of act like a communist with my Patreon, and everybody gets the same thing. All the tiers get the same thing, mainly because I'm massively overworked. And can't come up with like 
things for three different tiers. I just can't do it. So if you're a paid Patreon or a paid subscriber, you get exclusive content. And that content does vary from week to week or month to month what I can get out. Um, if you cannot afford to become a paid subscriber, you can go uh, share the podcast, share the Substack. That is also very helpful. And I also finally have a Amazon wish list that is under Decoding Fox News. I just redid it because uh, Thor broke my ring light and I put a new type of ring light hoping that he won't break it because he's broken like two. Thor breaks everything. He breaks the cable to my microphone. I've gone through like three of those. He uh, breaks glasses. He breaks everything I own. I love him dearly. He's a beautiful, beautiful little cat, but he's he's named correctly. So I also want to give a shout out to uh, Wayne and Kira the Kitty for your kind gift that was bought from the Amazon wishlist, which uh, Thor attacked immediately. So thank you. I also want to, I always get a kick out of anything that people buy from the Amazon wishlist. And to give you a little bit of backstory, because I always get new followers who don't really uh, understand like a deeper, longer story about something. So what happened with the wishlist is somebody told me to start one. I thought, why not? I'll try it. And it originally did have a lot of office stuff for the actual podcast on it. And that all got bought up immediately. And I live in a tiny apartment. So like, what am I going to do with a bunch of notepads and cables for my microphone and stuff? I just have no place to put anything. So um, I thought it would be cute to put stuff for the cats on it and snacks. And um, people got into the cat stuff probably more than anything else I had on there. So I thought that was funny. And I just redid it with new stuff for the cats. But um, uh, they were like, you should put more on it. And I'm like, uh, I, I'm good. We're cool. If people want to buy stuff for the cats, I love it. The cats love it. It's, it's adorable. It's sweet. So anyway, um, this next story involves, uh, this was interesting. So I'll just explain what I did. So Saturday was the South Carolina primary. And I like, I've learned to pick up all of the hours of Fox and Friends on the day of a primary because they usually give me really good stuff to pull from because they just go full on, you know, all of their energy into the primary and I get good clips. So I thought, let's do this. Let's watch all of Fox and Friends, which I don't recommend doing for four hours straight. And I captured it and went through it. And I noticed the story was being pushed really heavily. And I thought... This is odd because this really shouldn't be a national story and this really shouldn't be that important for Fox News. Um, but anyway, uh, so Lakin Riley was a 22-year-old nursing student at the University of Georgia in Athens, Georgia. She goes out for a jog in the morning. Pretty much uh, very early on, she's reported missing because it was odd that she didn't come back. And uh, they found her body right away, which is just horrific. Uh, there was trauma to the head very obvious that it was foul play involved and then police also very quickly apprehended jose antonio Ibera, a 26 year old immigrant from venezuela and there was some question about his immigration status uh he entered the u.s unlawfully in 2022 and was paroled and released for further processing according to immigration authorities so police have reported that Ibera did not know riley before the attack and have called the attack a crime of opportunity so this happened on Thursday. Fox and Friends and other Fox News programs mentioned this story right as it broke um, because it's horrific. And most uh, what's really twisted about this story in general, too, is that most crime occurs between people who know each other. So stranger crime always gets more press because it's unusual. 
So whenever a woman gets attacked by someone she doesn't know and is murdered, uh, that will get more press than uh, when a ex-boyfriend or boyfriend or husband or neighbor or coworker kills a woman, which is far more likely to occur. So um, I'm just going to, I went through all four hours, like I said, I went through them again, cut out all the segments and then went through all the segments to pull sound bites where they kept mentioning this man's immigration status. This is going to be a little bit different than the newsletter if you follow the newsletter because this type of edit that I did does not translate well to print, but it's very, very useful with audio. So here's the clip. As police are revealing that the man accused of killing that nursing student in Georgia, not a U.S. citizen. Lives here in Athens, but is not a U.S. citizen. Authorities, however, have not confirmed whether Ibarra is undocumented, too, only saying he is from Venezuela. Well, this guy entered the country legally in September of 2022. We'll, we'll watch the media very carefully as they try to paint this as something other than illegal enters country, kills citizen. We've got a story we led with this morning about a University of Georgia student uh, murdered by a suspect who we now know is not a U.S. citizen. Just terrible. Police revealing that the man accused of killing that nursing student in Georgia is not a U.S. citizen. In Athens, but is not a U.S. citizen. Authorities, however, could not confirm whether Jose Ibarra is undocumented, too, only saying he is from Venezuela. This guy entered the country legally in September of 2022. We've got to save lives, and you do that by securing the border. Turning now to a Fox News alert, some pretty serious stuff. Police revealing that the man accused of killing that nursing student, that beautiful girl in Georgia, is not a U.S. citizen. He has an apartment in Athens, but as you said, he is not a U.S. citizen. We're back with a Fox News alert. Police say the man accused of killing Georgia nursing student Lakin Riley is not a U.S. citizen. We can secure the border and protect our national security and protect young ladies like this who lost her life. Fox News alert, police revealing that a man accused of killing that nursing student in Georgia is not a U.S. citizen. And we're now learning the suspect did not know Lakin Riley before the alleged murder. Madison Scarpino is in. This happened when she was just going out for a run on the UGA campus. Now, police say that he has an apartment in Athens, but is not a U.S. citizen, as you just said. So when I went through that, I had like 38 minutes or something to go through all the segments when I stuck them together. Uh, and that was the main thing that they pushed, was that this man was not a U.S. citizen. They actually led with it. They'd say, Fox News alert, police revealing that a man accused of killing that nursing a student in Georgia is not a U.S. citizen. Why on earth was it so important to know his immigration status? Do citizens also commit crime? Of course they do. Um, shouldn't it be more important to tell people that the man who just murdered a woman in broad daylight has been apprehended. Wouldn't you think that would be the most important thing to tell people? I think so. I think that should be your lead. You know, police have captured a suspect in the murder of. That's normally how you would start that breaking news segment. So that people who have children in Athens, Georgia, at the University of Georgia, people who live in the community around the campus would feel relieved that the police had a suspect in custody. Not, he's an immigrant. What are you doing? It's just this, just xenophobic nonsense. Because again, uh, U.S. citizens commit more crime than immigrants do on a per capita basis. They do. 
And uh, there's, it's not that being an you know, illegal immigrant made him more likely to kill someone. It does not. So that got me all crazy. Um, then I thought, you know what? Uh, the other voice that you heard there is Tom Homan. He, he has kind of a goofy, like, oh, I talk like Tom Homan. He was on there twice. They had him in two different segments in the, over the four hours. They brought him on twice. Tom Homan is from the Trump administration. He's the former director of ICE. And he's the genius who came up with the uh, family separation policy. And Fox has been promoting him hard. They, they call him out by name. They, they'll be doing a segment about the border crisis, and they'll just say, what would Tom Homan do? Trump openly says he'll bring Tom Homan back if he's elected president. We do not need Tom Homan anywhere near the seat of power again. Um, I also decided to do a spreadsheet of these four hours to see exactly how long Fox News dedicated to this story. It was 21% of the coverage uh, for the day. And then I thought, let's look up the word, shall we? They also brought it up when they did uh, interviews with Sean Hannity and Representative Nancy Mace. Now, this, again, should not be a national story. I feel terrible for this young woman's family. I feel terrible for this young woman. Normally, um, a murder like this would be a local story. It would be about Georgia. Fox is elevating this and pumping this up to scare people. And it's very unfortunate. I also think it's it's cruel to her family because, you know, it. I, I have no idea what it would feel like to have a family member become a victim of a crime like this and then to have it on cable news constantly, you know, morning, noon and night. And, and have they're, they're taking Instagram posts of her sister and plastering those and reading those out loud, dedications she's made to her sister, which I understand. You know, I, I just can't imagine, like, does this make this that much more horrible for the family? Does it help the family? I don't know. But it feels very exploitative. And so I went through the four-hour broadcast and counted words. So Biden came up 60 times. Border came up 60 times. Illegal. 44 times, murder, 30 times, Riley, the name of the victim, 25 times, citizen, 23 times, and Venezuela, 15 times. So they're saying illegal, 44 times, and the name of the victim, only 25. So that's kind of disgusting. Just that right there. That's why I love the word thing, because you can't hide. It's like you're naked. I take, I take, I take your veneer off, Fox News. So I looked into some research um, that The Independent had done about violent crime and immigrants, and it found that between 2012 and 2018, undocumented immigrants in Texas were less than half as likely to commit violent crimes than those born in the U.S. And then there was another, and that's a peer-reviewed study, which is very comprehensive, and I've linked to that in the newsletter. Now, I want to address something else that people kept bringing up to me on X, also known as Twitter. People also brought this up on threads. This is a little controversial. So according to reporting by Politico, two days before he left office, Donald J. Trump signed the Deferred Enforced Departure Program, or DED, to offer temporary legal status to Venezuelans fleeing the humanitarian crisis brought on by the Nicolas Maduro regime. And then according to reporting by Newsweek, an ex-former Trump staffer, A.J. Delgado, wrote on X, and this is her exact tweet, I'm going to quote her, you're going to see a lot of MAGA folks on here who are claiming that Biden has blood on his hands, 
due to the suspect in the Atlanta nursing student's murder, being an illegal immigrant from Venezuela who reportedly arrived in 2022. Except, whoops, it seems Trump is the one to blame, if anyone other than, you know, the murderer. That's her tweet. Now, I'm going to push back on this a little bit. I've had several people say, oh, it's Trump's fault, it's Trump's fault. I'm not saying Trump is exempt, but I'm saying that this is blurry because Biden also offered something for Venezuelan immigrants. And I'm going to go through this. So just before we start spreading disinformation or misinformation, here we go. It's hard to know if Ibarra was still in the United States due to policies enacted during the Biden or Trump administrations, as Biden also offered some temporary protected status to an estimated 472,000 Venezuelan. And from what I could tell on the date from when Ibarra came into this country and when uh, Biden's policy went kind of retroactively a little bit backwards, it's hard to know under which program Ibarra was able to stay in the, in the United States. We also don't know more specifics about his exact status. So I'm not going to say that A.J. Delgado is wrong or right. I'm going to say that both presidents had policies that allowed specifically Venezuelan immigrants to stay in the country. That's it. So Trump would also be included in that. So again, not saying it's Trump or Biden. I'm saying it's kind of both. Um, and I don't think that that's necessarily the issue here, because, again, women are attacked all the time by men. Immigrants are not. That's not it's not really I, I this is just kind of driving me crazy. But anyway, I just wanted to address that claim that this was a Trump policy because I'm finding stuff that's a little bit blurry on that. And I just wanted to clear that up a bit. So if you have a differing opinion and you feel like, no, 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 this is definitely 100 percent what the policy is. That's great. I I would disagree with you based on what I could find. Um, I don't really think it matters, to be quite frank, because plenty of citizens, you know, attack women for no reason. So uh, this next one is also about Venezuela. And this is from Fox and Friends. And this is just a portion. Uh, the term prisons came up 12 times over the four hour period. And this is Rachel Campos Duffy doing what Rachel Campos Duffy does, which is just make stuff up. First of all, if you know anything about Venezuela, Cuba controls Venezuela um, on a large scale. And yes, of course, Cuba is suffering. I mean, uh, Venezuela is suffering economically. The last thing they, they need is to keep these guys, these criminals alive in their prisons. An easy thing to do is just let them go. Our border is wide open. Uh, most Hispanics believe that's exactly what happened, what's happened. And that's a conversation that's being had in our communities right now. So I just want to point out the obvious that Rachel Campos Duffy can only speak for herself. She cannot speak for the entire Latino community. It's also not a monolith in that somebody from Argentina is going to have a very different opinion about something than perhaps someone from Puerto Rico, which is part of the United States, or someone from Guatemala, El Salvador, Colombia, Peru. I, it's just, it's not a monolith at all. And she, and the Cuban community is quite different uh, because the history of Cuba and why they flee Cuba and communism in Cuba and all of that. So, she also doesn't offer any evidence to back up her claim. Nothing. And she talked about this several, I don't have time to include all of it, but she talks about it several times throughout the four hour broadcast. And then her co host, Will Kane and uh, Pete Hegseth, also brought it up with all, and no one, no one said, uh, you know, the government looked into this and they found proof. They were talking about something that happened um, in Cuba decades ago and then say, well, of course it's happening in Venezuela 
now we just know it is. No, that's not enough. You need actual proof. You need actual evidence. So moving on. So we, I should do a quick impression since it's about 44 minutes. Yikes. I knew this one was going to be long because it just, there was a lot to cover, but, um, I'll do very quickly because, you know, I like flipping these two ladies uh, quite a bit. But we'll do this one. I'm Carrie Lake and you're fake news and you're a liar. And I am the governor of Arizona, also known as Carizona. And let me tell you, this state is going to go redder than red. This state is going to part like the Red Sea. It will be that red, filled with blood in some ways. Blood of victory. No, we're not actually going to kill anyone. I'm just saying I like the color red because it's MAGA and it's Trump. And Trump is me and I am Trump. And I'm becoming Trump. I am the female Trump. We are one form. I Again, I as I do every day, I do my affirmations. I look in the mirror and I say, Carrie... What did you start out as? Nothing. And what are you going to be? Something. And you're going to be reading the news over the backs of the broken as they gave up on democracy. But you didn't. You didn't. You followed Trump. You followed Trump right off the cliff. Right off the cliff. Senator, Governor, Vice President, Mrs. Trump. That is my destiny. Carrie Lake! Anyway, so yeah, I just, I just riffing. Just riff. What am I saying? I don't know. I'm really, really tired. I had like three hours sleep. Okay, next up, we're doing the stories Fox News ignored. I had to truncate it this week. I couldn't include all of them because it was just too big. It was too massive because last week was too much going on. So we're going to start with every week. I compare the hours I've watched on Fox News to five hours of the PBS NewsHour. The following list are stories that PBS covered that Fox News did not. So here we go. Updates in the war in Ukraine. The Ukrainian military has withdrawn from two villages near the eastern town of Avikta, which was recently taken by the Russians. Residents in the area also fled. Updates in the Israel-Hamas war. Fox is talking more about the war now, but they are leaving out a lot of details. So here we go. 26 European Union countries called for humanitarian ceasefire in the Israel-Hamas war. Hungary was the lone holdout. According to the Gaza Health Ministry, 29,000 people have died in Gaza since the start of the war. The ministry does not differentiate between civilian and combatant casualties. The U.S. vetoed a U.N. resolution demanding an immediate humanitarian ceasefire in Gaza. The U.S. said it would interfere with negotiations on a deal to free hostages abducted in Israel. The U.N.'s top court is hearing the final arguments in a case challenging Israel's 56-year occupation of the West Bank and Gaza. Israeli strikes killed at least 67 Palestinians in Gaza, including in areas where civilians were told to seek refuge. The United Nations World Food Program, WFP, announced a pause in food and aid deliveries to northern Gaza on Tuesday after its drivers faced gunfire and violence from desperate residents swarming the trucks. The Israeli legislature backed uh, Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu's rejection of any unilateral recognition of a Palestinian state. The Israeli position says any permanent accord with the Palestinians must be reached through direct negotiations between the sides and not by international dictates. So moving on to other news stories, the annual migration of red crabs in Australia is two months behind schedule due to severely dry conditions. Most experts blame man-made climate change. 
True the Vote, an advocacy group that has spread false conspiracy theories about the 2020 election, admitted in a Georgia court that they had no evidence to back up their claims. The group was used to back up false claims in the documentary 2000 Mules, produced by convicted felon Dinesh D'Souza. D'Souza was convicted of campaign finance violation in 2014 and received a pardon from former President Donald J. Trump. The Supreme Court declined to hear a case about admissions policies in a Virginia magnet high school that were meant to increase racial diversity. The case was brought by parents of Asian American students who felt the policy was discriminatory against their children. A South Carolina man was found guilty of, hate, of a hate crime for killing a transgender woman because of her gender identity. It was the first federal hate crime trial that was based on gender identity. Tensions increased in the Taiwan Strait last week following incidents near an island involving the Chinese and Taiwanese coast guards. In India, police fired tear gas at protesting farmers marching towards the nation's capital. As the gas dispersed, thousands of farmers fled into nearby fields about 125 miles north of New Delhi. In Spain, farmers drove tractors into central Madrid on Wednesday as part of an ongoing protest against European Union and local farming policies. So far in the 2024 presidential race, Joe Biden's campaign entered February with nearly 56 million in cash reserves, while Trump had little more than 30 million. The Albanian parliament voted for a deal where Albania would hold up to 36,000 of asylum seekers for Italy each year for five years. Albania would shelter up to 3,000 migrants rescued from international waters at any one time. A judge in Texas found that a school district acted within the law when it suspended a black student over his hairstyle. A federal judge blocked a California law that would allow residents, state and local governments, to sue gun makers over, quote, abnormally dangerous, end quote, guns. The judge cited the laws as being likely unconstitutional. Next, Benedict, a non-binary 16-year-old, died after being physically beaten during a bullying episode in a girl's bathroom in a suburban Tulsa high school in Oklahoma. Benedict's exact cause of death is still under investigation. Next, Benedict died the day after the attack. A jury in New York State found that the former CEO of the NRA, Wayne LaPierre, along with other executives, mismanaged finances at the nonprofit. According to the lawsuit, LaPierre and other executives used the nonprofit to enrich themselves personally. The U.S. and South Korea are planning an 11-day military exercise on the Korean Peninsula beginning next week as tensions continue to rise with North Korea. A new report by the U.N. Human Rights Council found evidence that scores of people, including children, have been subjected to rape and other forms of sexual violence on the ongoing conflict in Sudan that might account to war crimes. Kenya held a state funeral for Kelvin Kiptum, a world marathon record holder. Kiptum died in a car accident earlier this month. He was only 24 years old. Hundreds of dignitaries, including the president of Kenya, attended his funeral along with thousands of mourners. Haida Broadbent, an HIV-AIDS activist, died February 20th at a neurological rehabilitation center. She was 39. Broadbent was born with HIV and developed AIDS at age five and spent most of her life advocating for HIV AIDS awareness and prevention. She was one of the first pediatric patients to receive AZT and other 
antiretroviral drugs for the treatment of HIV AIDS. And those are all the stories that Fox News did not include. And again, I went through 21 hours and I actually had to trim a few stories that I didn't think were necessarily like newsy enough that were more like evergreen. I cut a couple because I just didn't have room. So uh, by the numbers, uh, every week I go through the top five topics for Fox News and the top five for PBS and compare the two. I pick PBS because it's a straight down the middle, nonpartisan, high quality news uh, source. So we're going to start with Fox. Number one, presidential primary. Uh, that makes sense. 15 percent. Trump 2024. And when I say Trump 2024, they are openly campaigning for him. 9%, border crisis, 9%, Trump town hall, 8%, and 8% was just bashing Biden. So PBS NewsHour, the top five topics uh, from last week were the Ukraine war, 16%, artist profile, which is a regular segment, 9%, Israel-Hamas war, 6%, Alexei Navalny death and the things that have come from that, 5%, and Julian Assange, his trial in the UK, 5%. Fox News also mentioned it, but barely. We definitely don't have time to go into that this week. We'll see what happens um, the following week on that story. So words used on Fox News for the week ending February 25th, 2024. We have Trump at 621. Biden, 418. Border, 212. Haley, 178. Crime, 97. Russia, 82. Polls, as in polling. 74, economy, 41, immigration, 41, Ukraine, 38, inflation, 25, Hunter, as in Hunter Biden, 17, Israel, way down to 15, Iran, 13, and AOC, that is in Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, 3. Um, so that's the podcast this week. It was intense uh, trying to do that. And now Hannity's going to do another stupid thing, interview with Trump, and I just stop it. Come on. I, I, give me a break. I probably will take a short break after Super Tuesday so I don't actually end up in the hospital. I'm like half kidding when I say this. It's just been too intense. It's just I have no sleep. Anyway, thanks for listening. If you'd like to become a paid subscriber, you can go to my Substack for decoding Fox News. You can become a paid supporter at my Patreon for Decoding Fox News. You can also share the podcast, share the newsletter, go to the Amazon wishlist if you'd like, whatever. Just tell people about it. It's all good. Give me a good review if you can. You can find Decoding Fox News on X, also known as Twitter, Threads, um, Instagram, TikTok. If you'd like to find me on YouTube or Facebook, look my name up, because that's where those accounts are, for Juliet, J-U-L-I-E-T, J-E-S-K-E. It's a Prussian last name. Don't ask me why it's spelled that way. And the p mascot of the podcast, Odin and Thor, the beautiful, wonderful, fabulous cats, also send their love. Thank you so much. I will see you at the next podcast.